You are listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast. This podcast has been created to help you connect and achieve your destiny as a leader. For more information, visit our website at fcf.org. Hey everybody, Micah here. I'm the creative director of FCF, and I wanted to bring you guys an episode featuring Zach Roach. Um, He is the worship leader at Summit Church in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. We just got to chatting last year about worship and kind of the style and everything that they developed um, for the worship team. So that's what this episode is all about today. Um, Just to let you guys know, there is some background noise. So if you guys can tolerate that, it's a really great episode that talks about worship and everything that comes with that and what your church maybe could do and implement to do these ideas. So please enjoy. Zach, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I'm having a good day. Um, I'm glad I was able to reach out with you and talk to you about worship, man. I, I'm glad that this is happening, really. So Yes. Um, yes, me too. So I've been to your church um, twice, mm-hmm. and each time I think there wasn't a service I came out where I wasn't crying <laughs> um, or <laughs> basically just on my face because you guys, you guys just kill worship every time. Like every time I've been there, it's it's been awesome. So and, and I appreciate that. And I, that's why I really wanted to like pick your brain, man. Like about what you guys did, what do you guys do, what do you guys have to change for that to happen, and just just go for it, man. Let, let us know. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll start off telling you a little bit about how we became what we are. Um, we first started. We were in a little tiny, probably a little storefront church. Had about maximum capacity I think about 75 people mm-hmm. um, but we started out there and I I'll give you a, a little history about my background in worship um, when I was 15 or so I started playing bass and um, was in some secular bands we did some covers and Red Hot Chili Peppers, 311, Sublime, stuff like that. It was mm-hmm. like a funk, reggae, rock band. Nice. And, and I did that, and I played at clubs that I wasn't old enough to play in. And <laughs> I played bass for that kind of stuff. And, and you know, the parents hated it and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was, it was like my rebellion years, my junior and senior year of high school. Was like my rebellion years from that. Like I was like, I, anything that the parents wanted me to do, I didn't want to do it. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know... I, re- I was not seeking after God then at all, but, you know, my family continued to pray and pray and pray and pray, and, you know, I finally found God myself. That was the, that, that's the key to anything, you know, you can pray for your family members to to get saved all you want, but you're, you can't talk them into having a relationship with God. Right. Uh, it's got to be something that they willingly want to know more about, and I was at a part of my life where it was all my friends, my friends, music and friends and that's it and sports and you know, I didn't care anything else about anything and until I went to college and got uh, completely wrecked by God just in a private worship setting. Didn't know anything about this style of music or anything like mm. that. I just knew that I played music in a secular band and I was going with some buddies of mine to this church group. And um, they started doing some acoustic stuff, man, and it was just, it was unlike anything I'd ever heard. Um, 
and it was probably I would guess right when Chris Tomlin came out. <laughs> <laughs> it was so old. Like it was. I look back on it, I'm thinking, man, those songs are so old. But that's like right when the music started changing and shifting into that style of worship, mm-hmm. uh, where it was Crowder and Passion and all that. And that I had never grown up. I mean, we didn't go to a church that played that style of music at all. Mm-hmm. But it felt like something that I could connect to. Yeah. It was finally, I felt like, this I, This feels right to me. And um, so I just started, you know, reading my Bible and just, I wanted to figure out what this was that my parents were praying for me about mm-hmm. so much. I wanted to find out why it was such a huge need in my life, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, so I started doing that, and I just felt God just kind of, Circumstance after circumstance was pulling me away from my old friends out of that out of that secular lifestyle, and uh, you know I you know fast forwarding I lost all those friends I still stay in touch with them but we we don't hang out or anything like that because to be honest with you they all still live in the world mm-hmm. I'm continually praying and trying to witness to them but it's just something that they're going to have to figure out but I can I can always pray for them and invite them to things. But it's just, it's got to be something that they're wanting to do. Mm-hmm. They've got to have that encounter with God. And um, so I got totally wrecked in worship, and uh, just I felt God telling me, this is what I've called you to do. It was such an odd feeling to me because I'd never felt God in, like moving me. Like I had, I had prayed and I worshiped, and I understood for the first time why I was doing it. Mm-hmm. But I, I uh, hadn't felt that encounter with God, and I did, and I just, I, it was so clear to me that all that stuff that I had done, all that music I had done, and all that, I felt like was geared me for a place of worship to where I am now. And um, so God uses those things in your life when you're rebelling. He can use those things for good. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, can, he can turn all that trash in your life that you thought man, what was I thinking in those times? But God can do some miraculous things through those things. If you allow him to to accept that that was my past, I'm never going back, I'm moving forward, God can use those situations that you were in for your future. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I'm a prime example of that. And um, so fast forwarding that, we started church. Uh, Mom felt called, and the, well, basically the family felt called to, to start a church in Sevier County. I jumped on and I immediately took the role as a worship leader because I was really the only one that could play music. <laughs> yeah. I knew how to play an acoustic guitar and I just started being a Chris Tomlin cover band. Uh, any songs he would sing, I would sing. I would do all the little ad-libs just like he did. I had no clue how to lead worship. <laughs> but I knew that I was called to do it and I mm. knew that I needed to just dive in mm. and just figure it out. I didn't have anybody there to kind of walk me through things because I was so new to this style of music mm-hmm. that I didn't know that there was other worship leaders that were wanting to connect or anything like that. I really felt lost in a huge world and um, of, of, of Christian music, and I had no idea where to go, so I would just YouTube and go to conferences mm-hmm. and, and just listen to interviews and stuff just to see if I could get little tidbits of information to help me grow a little bit. Uh, but I was just going through the motion. So that's a little history of how we became that. We it started out acoustic, and as the church has grown, 
we've pulled, we've we've gained members, we've lost members, we've been back to all the way back to acoustic, been back to bare bones. We've lost so many people. Mm-hmm. Then we've gained where we've had three drummers. I mean, it's 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 fluctuating, just like any church growing pains that always hits your worship team's always going to fluctuate mm-hmm. with team members and it's just a never-ending process it's just it is people move people graduate and they move off they get married and life changes right uh, but as a worship leader you're called to to lead whoever's with you mm-hmm. so um it's helped me out grow uh with these teams and that i've been with and stuff but but from day one when we first started we knew that worship was huge worship was something that we we had experienced god moving in our worship at the church and just little acoustic sessions man we, we would have radical encounters of god we'd see healings wow. and all kinds of things and that wasn't even with you know uh worship or i'm not worship but uh preaching or anybody praying for people that was just through worship i mean that was yeah. just the start of the service and so we knew god has got a call on worship i mean We've known it for 13 years that there's worship does stuff that other the aspects of the uh, of the service that doesn't do that it can't do that mm-hmm. that's why there is that time of worship and as long as we place that that high regard and importance on worship man we allow God to take over and um, but you got to have that importance you got to have that mentality of worship is huge. So what what do you feel like with that with that emphasis in mind? Like what were some things that started to change? Yeah, um, it was okay. The, we'd always pushed it hard. Mm-hmm. Everything we did, we did worship. Um, we'd always known that was a focus, but it didn't catch on for several years though, because um, okay. it took some time to 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 really cultivate that into the hearts of our people to under to I let them understand that this isn't the usual way. This isn't us warming you up for the sermon. This mm-hmm. is not a feel good, let's say hey, let's um, take some time just to hang out and worship and it, it's it's serious business. Yeah. We we look at it as something super serious. And because we're ministering to the Lord. That's what we're doing. We're there to minister to the Lord. And it's not like, hey, let's just go out I mean yeah, it's fun. I love doing it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I'd ever want to do besides that. But it's it's something that we take super serious. So I started a um, a class at. Have you heard of Bethel? Uh, have you heard of Worship You through Bethel? Yeah, I did. I have. When the first year, I was part of their first year doing that, and um, because I needed something more, I hit a I hit a point in our church where. I was going through the motions so much, I was getting dry mm-hmm. because I felt like a karaoke singer sometimes. I felt like mm-hmm. I was performing. I didn't know how to interact with people. I didn't know how to engage others. It was like, man, if the song moves when Chris Tomlin's doing it or Hillsong's doing it, maybe it'll move the people's hearts when I'm doing it. It was like the exact, I would like seriously try to uh, copy everything I could because mm-hmm. I had no clue what I was doing and I didn't know for it myself. But when I went to, uh, I did, I did the worship you uh, online, and um, we got to sit under teachings of Ray Hughes and Jeremy Little, Brian and Jim Johnson, mm-hmm. and all those guys, Bill Johnson and stuff, understanding the importance of worship and what I was called to do, and seeing my finding my identity in that. It was, it's it's a shift took place. I can't really explain it. I just know our team 
looked at me differently. They said, what is up? Like, what, something's changed. And I was like, well, I just, you know, I just did the school and stuff. And they're like, the atmosphere has completely changed in worship. It's, it's, it's almost like we came into our own after that. We learned how to really cultivate that a little bit. Like, it's, it's really hard to explain. It's just we mm-hmm. made it such an importance that we weren't, we were not willing to back down from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like we were not, no matter what, no matter how many people, no matter what it looks like, no matter how chaotic it gets, if I'm having a horrible day and I don't want to do it for five people, for a small group or anything like that, mm-hmm. we still did it. We, we fought through it. We prayed and we still did it. And that is where we're at. We, we, we do it for everything. There's no, um, there's no breaks from it. Because I feel like if we take a break from it, then people can, uh, well, we didn't do it this time, so we'll maybe we don't do it this time. Mm. And it's like if you're going to have that mentality of worship, you've got to do it and go in it and just dive in. Yeah. Um, and that's what I teach our, our uh, a little side story is um, a lot of our musicians, man, they, it's, it's blown me away with how much they've grown. Um, our drummer, uh, one of our drummers is a prime example. He told me, he was one of my really, really good friends and, uh, before, and he did, he did sound for us and stuff like that, but he said, man, I'm going to get, I'm going to buy a drum set. I really feel like I'm called to play drums. And I was thinking, okay, cool. You know, I was like, I hate it when people come up to me and say, hey, I'm going to start playing guitar, and you know that they literally don't know anything about a guitar yet, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, in the real world, it's going to take some years before I'm actually ready to even use you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when they come up to me telling me that, it's almost like I feel like they're wanting a spot on the team immediately just because they said they play guitar or mm-hmm. play drum or they started playing drums. So I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm encouraging him and all this. And uh, man, he took off immediately mm-hmm. learning things. And I would say probably four to five months in, he was here on Wednesday night, and I was like, hey, dude, um, I don't have a drummer. Can you play tonight? Mm-hmm. And he was terrified out of his mind. And he wasn't going to say no because he knew this might be his only opportunity. So he jumped on it and did it. And it was a little bit of a train wreck, to be honest with you. But <laughs> God still moved in that service. Mm. And that just shows me it does not I mean, yeah. We should play skillfully. It says that in the Bible to play skillfully before the Lord, and that's something that we should do. If we're doing something for the Lord, why would we not want to do it amazingly? You know what I mean? We want to do it to the best of our ability because it's not for us. It's for him. Mm -hmm. So um, he jumped in there and played, and it was a little bit of a train wreck, and and we, we fixed it. But God moved and saw knows his heart, and his heart was just so excited to get to be up there and doing things for the Lord that I didn't care about it not being perfect. And that's one thing that I am willing to accept with the team. I know not everybody has the time in their schedule like I do to practice all these songs and get these songs ready uh, like I do. So I'm willing to cut slack if I know their heart. That's the number one thing for me. If I know your heart and I know your heart is, is pure and, and wants to play for the Lord and not for yourself, then I can use you no matter what your ability is. I can use you at some aspect in worship. Yeah. And and that's how I grow the team because it gives them, that, I guess it gives them that confidence, I guess, mm-hmm. to want to, I mean, who wants to get up there and halfway do it and think, well, just because I'm on a team, 
I'm halfway doing it. It's it's enough to get by. Nobody wants to do just enough to get by. When you come down, when it's something you care about, when it's something you care about, you really want to do it good. So when I know their heart is good and they want to worship, then I know that they're going to take it seriously and get better. And I've went through some where they're not, and we've you know you've had the you've had those awkward conversations about you know work out and mm-hmm. things like that. And it's always a sucky situation to have to deal with, but it's part of it. It's just it's life, you know. Uh, not everybody that you're going to be playing music with is going to be with you for the long haul. I mean, I've had some super depressing times where I feel like, man, I can't do this all myself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like, man, I've got so many people that I feel like this so we're not, I feel like everybody's heart's on into it. Mm-hmm. And I would rather be doing it myself or meeting someone else and just kind of get back to the bare bones of things. Um, but that's, that's the key though, man, when it comes down to it, the key is consistency. Mm-hmm. that's the key for everything when you decided as a church and it can't be you decided as a worship team you got to decide as a church as mm-hmm. a leadership of the church even if it's a men's ministry or a youth leader they've got to know and they've got to have your back that worship is key wow. when your leadership understands it then you're then you can grow but if it's one ministry that's taken off saying, well, we're doing this and we're not going to back down, and then you got these other ministries in the church saying, what are they doing? You know, they're taking up too much time. What, what's going on? It causes the conflict. But when you have your entire leadership on board for what you're doing and you're not willing to back down no matter what, no matter what comes at you, no matter what circumstance of complaining in the church, about worship being too long or people sitting or they're wanting these songs or they're wanting these songs and mm-hmm. you can't compromise you can't you just can't and that's been the the make or break with us we've never compromised and we've never backed down and um and and, and known that you know this is what god's called us to do we know it more than anything that god has called us to be a prayer and worship center and for the worship and the word to go side by side, not one in front of the other. Yeah. And that's just key for us, man. That makes a lot of sense. So and you mentioned that back there just a kind of a little bit ago, like not backing down like certain songs and, and things. Um, what kind of is your process of picking songs? And, and do you guys ever write your own stuff or getting to that point? Or, um, mm-hmm. But even aside from that, what, what kind of is your process of choosing a song to do in a service uh we have a we do some of our own songs we do some originals i get with a couple of guys that that i I trust really well that i do some co-writing with and they help me out and i help them out and we kind of jump back and forth through skype or or whenever we can get together some are some of them are in atlanta and some are in california so it's like you wish they were close by mm-hmm. and you could do some stuff, but we'll do some co-writing in that, and that really comes out of spontaneous moments for our worship. Mm-hmm. All of our songs that we wrote have came out of a spontaneous moment. Uh, and I'll just go back. What I do is, man, I'm so quick to forget good melodies and things like that mm-hmm. that I will go back and watch the service, nice. and it'll sound terrible. And I won't make any sense. Like, I'll listen to uh, the spontaneous moment, and I know God's moving in those moments, but sometimes you hear yourself singing some stuff mm-hmm. and it's amazing in the moment mm-hmm. when you go back and listen to it you're like man was that, was that me or God <laughs> like I really question that was I, 
and you know, some of it sounds weird, but there's good melodies that can come out of that. And there's mm-hmm. times where what you were singing out, and then if God's moving while you're doing spontaneous stuff, then it is for it. It could be for the house. There could be something going on. You're singing a song about healing that's just coming out, and it could be a phrase of four words, mm. but it could be the start of something. So yeah. I'll go back and write those down and, and, and get with my guys, and we'll talk about some stuff. But that's for, that's for original songs. But for the for the weekly songs that we do, we do Sundays uh, mornings uh, and Wednesday night services. And um, Sunday mornings, I start preparing. I usually have the set list for Sundays on Monday, mm-hmm. um, so they have the entire week to kind of be learning. Because mm-hmm. I'll throw brand new songs at them and all that kind of stuff, and we'll have our practices at seven thirty in the morning on Sunday mornings, and that's just a run through to make sure everything's going. That shows me. Have they had all? They've had all week to practice. Now let's see if they've actually done it. You know, and um, so we'll do that kind of stuff. Uh, but the process of picking out the songs, um, I'll start. I'll pray. You know, usually mm-hmm. on Mondays is when I I take time to get my quiet time with the Lord and uh, really talk about what's going to be on the, the Wednesday the Sunday service. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Wednesday, I'll tell you. A little, Wednesday's a little different. I'll tell you more about it after Sunday, but. I'll plan that Sunday. I'll pray about songs. There'll be songs in my heart that I'll hear throughout the week, maybe. Mm-hmm. That I'll be like, man, I need to hold on to that song, and maybe for the following week. And I'll, I'll start learning some songs throughout the week, new songs. But really, I just pray about it and see, okay, God, what do you want to do in these services? What kind of service are we going for? I may meet with the pastor and say, hey, what are you preaching on? Um, I might have some songs that might go with the service a little bit. You know, we try to go hand in hand since we're saying they go together. Mm-hmm. That then we want, we want worship to go with the word also. Right. We want to complement each other. So um, I'll pray about songs, and I'll usually man, God will just lay two or three songs on my heart uh, mm-hmm. during prayer. They'll just pop in my head, and I'll be like, Oh, that man. I haven't done a song forever, or that's a new one we haven't done. We've we've been doing lately, and it's getting a really good response out of it. Mm-hmm. So we want to we want to continue to do that one. Usually, I do a song about three weeks, and I give it a rest because I don't want to burn people out. Right. Um, the band gets burned out a lot quicker than the congregation. I've learned that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be sick of songs, but you got visitors every Sunday that have never heard songs sometimes. So. That Sometimes we get burned out, but it's like we got to fight through that and say, okay, this isn't for us anyways. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I'll, I'll pray and meet the pastor, and we'll talk about songs, and I'll see what's on her heart or what's on Pastor Tony's heart for preaching, and then I'm not, I'm a song that might come off that kind of in the, in the set or throw in the middle somewhere that'll kind of complement the worship set. And then um, I just allow myself, I, I tell the band uh, this all the time, here's the set list mm-hmm. for Sunday for the next Sunday it might change it might not change and then I'll the team has been really good about flowing mm-hmm. we've, we've learned a lot about spot. once your band can get dialed into spontaneous moments it is the game changer you can flow all you want gotcha. and you can throw in different songs mm. it, it's, it's the game changer um and getting on click track that's key too click tracks are, are key if you're wanting to especially fast songs mm-hmm. a lot of our soaking stuff soft songs we don't even sometimes we'll have to click sometimes we won't it's not a huge deal mm-hmm. um, 
but for our fast songs, you want to make sure you're on click. And uh, if you do multi-tracks or if you don't, uh, sometimes we'll do a multi-track if we need to really fill in that band spot for a, for a big song. Sometimes we won't. Um, it all depends on it, the band I have. Can the drummer play with the click? One of our drummers can't. Uh, he's still learning. Mm-hmm. Two of them can. And it all depends on who's leading that set. If I'm leading a song, I can play with a click. Some our keyboardist, if I'm out of town, she can't lead with a click very well, so they'll just wing it. Um, so it all depends. But click is something I really push on our team to practice. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, it's super easy. I mean, you just find a click app on your phone and just turn it on and, and play you along. Tempo. You can do some spontaneous moments just with a click, app, click and acoustic. You know what I mean? You don't mm. need, like... You can just flow, and that'll kind of get you in a rhythm. You'll you'll catch your your strumming dialed in with the click. It, it's pretty simple, you know. And you want to get your drummer. It's the main thing, getting that dialed in. But yeah. um, anyway, so that's Sunday. Uh, we pray over the set Monday. Usually, I'll have the set finished by the end of the day, and send out a text through Planning Center. It'll send an email. And Tuesday mornings, they'll get the text uh, alert on their phone if they're scheduled for Sunday and what the set list is. Right. And so that's what we do for Sundays. Now, Wednesdays, it's a little bit different. Um, it is my time to really bring in new musicians. That's the time where it's more of the set is, I mean, we still do fast songs and stuff like that, but it's more of a, your attendance is about half. Um, and it's more of a time where we can worship for quite a long time. Sometimes we get an hour on, on uh Wednesday nights. It all depends um, on how the service flows. And um, but a lot of times, man, oh, that's where I'll introduce a new song, uh, okay. spontaneous. Like if I if I've got a tag, I may linger on that tag a little bit longer, and or throw in a new chorus that I might be doing Sunday. I might add that a new chorus into that might fit for Sunday, but it's really like the time that the trial and error time. Really. Right. Okay. Uh, we want to be, we want to be good, but it's time for, it's okay to have mistakes. Okay. Like, right. you know what I mean? It's like, it's time. That's where I'll introduce maybe a new drummer for the first time. They'll start on a Wednesday or a new guitarist or a new keyboard. I'll put them on a Wednesday to start mm-hmm. to kind of get their feet wet with people. Right. Cause a lot of them might get freaked out for the first time being on stage uh, with the lights out. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wednesdays is my time to really kind of introduce new people to the uh, to the band. Um, so it's more nonchalant. Okay. I mean, we still flow and do all those things, but it's a lot easier set. I don't. A lot of our songs are not as complicated or anything like that. It's pretty mm-hmm. simple worship. Kind of, you guys go even for the idea of soaking even a little bit more to like where things yeah. people have the opportunity to just kind of come and um, get get wrap their hearts or, and minds around what worship is for you guys too right yes definitely cool yeah it's 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 one thing and i've got this sign that i, I love this thing i heard jeremyville say this at a conference i was at and i printed it out and put this on the wall in our hallway to in, to go onto the stage um and it stuck with me when he said that man i knew it was for our church and i knew it was for our team but it's this is what I, I've, I've taught that it says it's not about our music or the preaching it's about his presence it's not about us we owe the world an encounter that's what we're called to do that's what we owe the world we have we found the goodness of God we know his goodness yeah 
the world doesn't. The world does not know the love of God. They think they think this God is a God of just wrath and judgment and is causing all these things going. And that's not what God is. God is a God of love. Yeah. And he and and um, so that's what we're giving. That's what we're. That's what our church is about, man. Just loving on people and knowing that God loves you, no matter what your past looks like, and everything that you've heard that God is and that you ran from and said, I don't want anything to do with that kind of God. Or that, that is not the God we serve. Yeah. And that's what our church, when it comes to worship in the Word, that's what our goal is in reaching the congregation, man, is showing them the love of God. Yeah, that's real good. And I feel like just even that heart of that is, I mean, that will carry worship into another level like that oh yes man like that already like makes me want to just worship right now you know like that makes me want to (laughs) just bust out start singing you have been listening to the fcf leadership podcast where our focus is to help you achieve your destiny as a leader thank you for joining us today for more information visit our website at fcf.org